And as soon as it was, you know, we got the thing on the next day, like, just a reminder, your cabinets are being delivered tomorrow. And I'm like, oh, my God. We, we had no idea. So the whole seven months, we were like shifting boxes of cabinetry around the house, like, depending on where we were working. Yeah. Um, we, 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 for example, we took down the, the drop ceiling, um, you know, in the, in the living room. And there was like three more layers of ceiling above that. <laughs> and so we started like ripping it all down. Welcome to Behind the Stays, a podcast that shares the stories behind your favorite Airbnbs, boutique hotels, and hospitality brands, and the hosts, operators, and entrepreneurs who have brought them to life. Every Tuesday and Friday, you'll meet the military veterans, the retired flight attendants, tech entrepreneurs, the school teachers, the single moms, and the real estate investors who are all, in their own unique ways, shaping the future of travel and hospitality. Discover how these visionaries from all over the world have built chic cabins in the mountains, designed bohemian bungalows on the beach, erected eclectic off-grid and nature-immersed escapes, and so much more. Behind the Stays is brought to you by Spontaneous, the internet's best destination for last-minute Airbnb deals. You can subscribe for free at Spontaneous.com. And I'm your host, Zach Buzicruz, co-founder and CEO of Spontaneous. All right, friends, enjoy the show. So I met up with a few buddies a couple weeks ago for a happy hour, and we started talking about buying Airbnbs. Now, my friends are smart, savvy dudes in their late 20s and early 30s, and we all love discussing ways to diversify our investments, but few of us are interested in investing in real estate like our parents did. The whole like traditional single-family home thing seems, seems kind of boring to us, but we all admitted that owning a vacation home, or perhaps even a few vacation homes, was something that each of us was really interested in, something that we, that we all desire. Now, in my my friend group, I'm the resident short-term rental expert since I host this podcast. So naturally, the conversation morphed into a discussion, and we were talking about whether Airbnbs were actually worth the investment, what people do about property management, how investors in this space think about design and amenities of these homes, uh, etc. And and that's when it happened. One of my buddies remarked, "I just wish there was a way to you know try out the whole Airbnb ownership thing before actually pouring my life savings into a bungalow in Joshua Tree." His comment was truly serendipitous since I had literally just been acquainted with a new startup in the space called Summer, who helps investors do just that. And yes, you guessed it, folks. I reached out to Summer, and they were gracious enough to become a behind-the-stays partner. So I want to tell you a little bit more about their gradual ownership model. And I'm going to do so in just about 10 to 15 minutes from now. And I want to talk to you a little bit about why it's the smartest way to own a vacation home, especially if this is like your first vacation rental home. But first, Here's a quick teaser. When you partner with Summer, they help you find a vacation home that matches your criteria, and then they buy the home for you. Okay, so you pay a down payment for as little as 15%, and then get this, if after two years, you've realized that the vacation rental life just isn't for you, they will refund you your whole deposit. Like, no questions asked. Now, I really want those of you who've been listening to the show for a while but don't own any of your own Airbnbs, or those of you who might like to have another one to two STRs in your portfolio, I want you to follow the link in the show notes below and learn more about how Summer might be the right partner for you to help you grow your business or to help you get into the space for the first time. So more deets to come soon. Get excited, folks. But for now, on to the show. Oh, and by the way, you can access the link, the special link to learn all things about Summer in the show notes below. But for now, back to the episode. 
In just a moment, you'll meet Jake and Leslie, the creators of The Lighthouse Cottage, an oceanfront escape in Cape May, New Jersey. Jake and Leslie have always dreamed of owning a beach house, but acquiring a property in the competitive Cape May market seemed a bit out of reach. It is until one day Leslie was scrolling on Zillow and noticed a new listing for a 100-year-old property located right on the beach. The home clearly needed a lot of work, but something about its character spoke to Leslie. And within hours, she had called the realtor, packed the car, and paid the place a visit. And that visit? Well, it ended with Leslie calling Jake to convince him that this was the place that they had been searching for. Tune in to hear the story behind how the couple renovated the home to dramatically improve its aesthetic without losing the heart and soul of the property, the pros and cons of DIY projects, how they used design, photography, and Instagram to book the home out for the entire season in just 11 days, what the future holds for the couple, and so much more. All right, friends, without further ado, get ready to meet Jake and Leslie. All right, Leslie and Jake, we are live. Welcome to the show, guys. How are you doing today? Good. Thanks, Zach. Thanks for having us. Yeah, great. Thank you so much for having us. Well, I am uh, really, really excited about this conversation because, Leslie, I feel like I know you because we've DM'd so much on Instagram. Um, yeah. And I, I feel like I've like heard a little bit of, about your guys' story, and I've seen sort of uh, you know the Lighthouse Cottage grow in, in, in its Instagram following, but this is the first time we're actually sitting down to to hear the full story. So I'm just super, super thankful for you guys making the time for this. And I, I just want to start at the beginning. So I want to go. I want to go all the way back, and I want to hear the story behind where the idea for the Lighthouse Cottage first originated. Leslie, why don't you take us back to the beginning? Tell, you know, what was going on? Where did the idea come from? And and then how did you bring it to life? Uh, yeah, so I think, yeah, to start from the, the very beginning, we're both from the East Coast. So I grew up in New Hampshire. Jake grew up here in New Jersey. So we've always been um, ocean people. <laughs> the beach has always been a big part of our life. And... For about four years, we moved when we were in our 20s to Colorado, um, and we both loved Colorado. Jake was active duty um, military. He was in the Army. Oh, wow. And so we we were there for almost four years, and we loved Colorado, but we what we always said was we wish we could pick it up and like move it to a coast, and then it would be like the most perfect place ever, <laughs> um, because we just really missed being by the water. Um, and so when we moved back to New Jersey after he finished his active duty, and kind of resumed our um, annual beach vacations, um, which I think is really common around here, like the beach week. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, then we uh, had a family and we started bringing our kids, you know, down to Cape May, which is where the house is. Um, and, you know, I think I think we have a, we had a kind of a common dream of owning a beach house. I think a lot of people are like, wow, we'd love to own a beach house, but it felt kind of just like a dream. Like, well, yeah, well, that would be great if we owned a house here, but you know, who does, like who yeah. really does that? <laughs> um, and so, you know, I think that's kind of where our personalities come into play. So um, I have always loved real estate and, mm. you know, renovations and interior design and like HGTV, you know, I was always, um, into that idea. And Jake is the finance guy. And so we always wanted to, we always talked about kind of investing and, mm. um, and so, you know, then we started, felt like maybe these things could come together. Yeah. Um, 
And so I said to Jake one day, I was like, maybe we really could do this. Like I see other people doing it, you know, why can't it be us? And I think that kind of became a bit of our story. Like, well, why not us? Like, yeah, we could do that. Um, and so then Jake was like, if you want to, I know nothing about this industry. If you want to go like learn about real estate and investing in short-term rentals, like you can, you know, go for it. I trust you. And so I kind of took that to heart. I started reading every book I could find, started listening to podcasts, um, started with bigger pockets and then, um, found your podcast, which was, I, I think I've told you before, was a huge part of what has inspired us in this journey. Um, I think and, I've listened to about 90% of your podcast in the background of me doing other things <laughs> from her listening to yeah. all over the house. So uh, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry, Jake. That's, that's a it's lot. It's a lot of we, Zach we, voice. We no, we, we, yeah. I mean, it's, it's very hard from a finance perspective. You don't understand the different ways of financing you know, real estate. And, and I just didn't, you know, I'm a data guy. And, um, and so I didn't know, even know the possibilities of what were there until Leslie's did, did a lot more research on it. Um, so got me comfortable. Yeah. So you guys, so you guys start this journey of like saying, okay, why not us? What, what would this actually look like? Did you, did you have, were, were you pretty set on a specific location? Like was, was Cape May sort of like, we, it needs to be Cape May or, or, or were you sort of open to, any, you know, coastal property within a couple hours of, of or a few hours of, of where you all live? Like how, how set were you on? How important was like the location as part of the story? Well, um, Jake actually grew up going to Cape May with his family and we had vacationed there a bunch. And so that felt, you know, special. Hmm. Um, and I would say Cape May, uh, you know, I could talk about Cape May forever, but it's, it really is like a magical place. Um, and so, you know, I think Cape May was like best case scenario, Yeah. Um, but we were open to other ideas. And so when I first started like kind of practicing by analyzing properties, um, I went to many different towns along the coast. And because I would say Cape May is probably the most, if not one of the most expensive areas to buy. Yeah. And so, and you know, like we were, we didn't know what we were doing. So it was scary to think about spending that much money. Um and so I looked at a lot of different areas, but Cape May was always like kind of where our heart was. Um, and then I we, did, we, we looked at Long Beach Island, LBI, um, okay. and Lavalette, and and realized that the rental season there was much smaller, was shorter, um, and the revenue earning potential of that is also much lower, even though mm. it's much more affordable. So when you start doing the multi-year projection on it, you realize it's, you know, even though it's less cash up front, you're, you're making way less over the long term yeah. um, because of the decreased uh, rental season, the ability to earn revenue. Um, you know, we have people staying now and it's, you know, December, late December, yeah. um, you mm -hmm. know, all the way up. It's not just like it's it ended 30, in, yeah. you know, August, it's like September, November, December. Um, so it's been, yeah, it's been uh, quite a surprise. Yeah. Yeah. I think Cape May, um, just, I, I'm, I don't, I'm sure a lot of the listeners won't know Cape May, but um, it's kind of considered the oldest seaside resort in the country. So I mm. think it was established in like 1851. Um, and we really love the history of it. And I think that brings a lot of story to the area. So it's like what you would imagine in a Hallmark like movie. It's yeah. really, it's, it's like 
colorful Victorian houses, really beautiful downtown. Um, there's like cobblestone streets and areas where only you can walk and not drive. And like, it's just very picturesque. Um, and then like Jake said, we knew that the season was longer because it's not just a beach town necessarily. Like they have a lot of events, even through Christmas, they have a lot of things there. So, um, so is yeah, that, so is we, that, is that Hallmark movies? I don't, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's the thing. Hallmark I mean, movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, oh yeah. And, and I, I have the exact image of my mind of like what that means. And I, and yeah. I, uh, I actually have never been to Cape May. Um, but I, I've heard so many incredible things about it. So it's, it's definitely on my list. So you, you guys are, you decide on the area. Talk to us about the, the lighthouse. Like, how do you, how do you stumble upon what I believe is like a hundred plus year old property? Like how, how did you find this, this property? And what was it that told you that this was the one? Yeah. So, um, you know, I had been keeping an eye on Zillow, going to visit properties as I saw them, nothing really evoked a lot of emotion for me. Um, and I'm very, I feel things kind of like in a space. And so, um, I saw this house and first of all, on Zillow, you could see that it was old, <laughs> um, <laughs> but it, the location's amazing. So it's on the water. Um, it's right on the beach. I mean, it's, it backs up to the dunes. The dunes are built up pretty high. So there's, we can't see the ocean from the house because the dunes, um, you used to be able to, which is mm. interesting. Um, but yeah, so that was the one thing we we're like, whoa, this is an oceanfront property. Um, but we could see, you know, it would, it would take some elbow grease, which is what we kind of were hoping for because we knew we could get some sweat equity out of that. Yeah. Um, so I went to see it. I think the next day, um, I, we, our son was two at the time and I just, Drove down two and a half hours. I was like, we're going to see this house because I knew in the market, like it was crazy at the time. Um, and was this and in, sorry, was this in 2020, 2019? What, 20, 20, it was 2022. 2022. 2022. Yeah. Just okay, last wow. year. Yeah, Amazing. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I, so we went with him and as soon as I got there and walked into the property, I was just like, it just has such a soul about it. And mm. like I said, like it definitely needed work. Like it was it's like what you would imagine to be like an old beach cottage. Like yeah. not a lot of updates in the last hundred years, you know, <laughs> very well loved. Um, and, but it had like a palpable feeling about it that just mm. felt really special. There's, there's tons of character. Um, so it, it was an instant thing where I said, I started, I called Jake and I said, this, this is it. Like this yeah. is the one. Hey friends, I'm back with a little more information about this episode's sponsor, Summer. A quick refresher for you. So Summer takes the headache out of owning a vacation rental by taking care of sourcing, designing, furnishing, and managing your home. What makes Summer especially unique though is the pathway to ownership that they offer folks. So think of this as an option to try before you actually buy your Airbnb. They call this their gradual ownership model and here's a little bit more detail on how it works. So first and foremost, you work with the Summer team to find the perfect vacation rental. So this vacation rental would be in a market that you want to vacation in and is also in a market that makes sense for a vacation rental from an investment standpoint. Number two, Summer guides you through the whole discernment process of where, when, and what kind of home to buy. 
Then, when you do find the right home, you put a down payment of about 15% down, but Summer buys the actual home for you and holds it for up to two years. During this time, you can buy back the home from them at any time that you are ready, or after the two-year period, you can decide that you don't want the home and get a full refund of your down payment. Okay, crazy, right? But but that's how it works. <laughs> Number four, Summer also covers all the closing costs and fees associated with the purchase of the home, as well as furnishing and design of the home. This means you pay far less out of pocket than you would if you bought the home yourself from day one. All right, so right now you're thinking, this is too good to be true, right? Like how does Summer actually make their money? Well, I'm glad you asked. So during the holding period, Summer rents your home on Airbnb during the day that you don't want to use it or days that you don't want to use it. Maybe you want to visit the home for a week or so each month. Summer rents it on Airbnb for the other three weeks. Now here's what's super cool. Because Summer makes most of their revenue from renting your home until you're ready to buy it, they're actually incentivized to get the best nightly rate possible and deliver the most exceptional experience to guests that stay at your home home as possible so that they can earn those five-star reviews. This means that when you do buy the home, you get a short-term rental that's already ranking well on Airbnb and has a solid performance history, so you know what to expect during high season and low season. So if you've been looking for a way to beta test the whole Airbnb game, then this is your sign. Go and chat with my new friends at Summer via the link in the show notes below and tell them that Zach from Behind the Stays sent you their way. Oh, and one last thing, I forgot to mention, if you already have a vacation home or an STR property, you can actually bring it into Summer's network of homes. And there's a slew of benefits that uh, come from uh, you, you doing so that you can learn more from at the link in the show notes below. So there's so much more to Summer that I didn't have time to talk about today, like the fact that you can swap days at your homes for days at any home in the Summer network, you know, in case you want to spend a week in the Catskills and then the next week in Palm Beach or something like that. So I want to encourage all of you, just take 15 minutes and book a call with us summer team via the link in the show notes below and explore how you can get your first str or more quickly expand your str portfolio in just about as low a risk and as high a reward away as possible so you can learn more at gosummer.com forward slash behind the stays that's gosummer.com forward slash behind the stays all right guys back to the show you know, I, I can imagine, right, sort of like finding this property, The pro it had probably been looked over because, uh, you know, it 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 did need so much work, right, and, and, and whatnot. But, I mean, talk about sort of like a, a quintessential place to – to, 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 you know, make a short-term rental out of, right? Like, it, as you mentioned, it's it's oceanfront. It's got a lot of character in the home. Like, it's this old lighthouse. Like, you know, you, you can, there, there's so much, there's so much, to, to use your word, Leslie, like, there's so much soul already in the place that it just needed some, it just needed some polishing. It, it needed sort of like the right person to come in with a vision for how to bring this space to life. And, you know, or to life again, I should say. And and you guys did just just that. And you you were able to, when you went live, you guys, I, I believe, like booked out very quickly. Like you booked out like your, most of your season, if not your entire season in like a week and a half. So what, why, like what happened? Like, what did you do? What was like the magic, like, you know, fairy dust that you sprinkled <laughs> on the property to make it book out so, so quickly? Like what's the, what's the story there? Yeah, the magic fairy dust was like four months long of seven, seven months. He's, so, he's making it oh, yeah, seven, yeah, seven months of uh, of intense um, demoing, um, design, building, um, discovering new problems and trying to solve them. 
potentially hazardous materials and or pests. Um, you know, like it was, it was, uh, you know, I work full time, Leslie was full time. So um, we would just trade off going there, you know, for about seven months straight through, uh, you know, every week. That was our, we had no social plans. Yeah. Just, we, we couldn't, we couldn't really afford to. We didn't really see each other much for no, seven months. No, it was basically- like. He yeah. was here, he was here taking the kids or I was here taking care of the kids. It wasn't like a safe environment no. for them. Like yeah. so, when, so we should probably take one step back. So when we saw the house, we yeah. thought Yeah. Okay, it's old and but it had been a seasonal rental. Like people had been renting it for decades. Um and the same owners had owned it since 1948. Wow. And so yeah, it was like only two other people before us had ever owned it, which is really cool. Um and so they actually chose us to buy the house because they knew we weren't going to knock it down because that Mm. is a lot of what happens to these older cottages. Um, And so, but we said to them, like, there's, you know, from the very beginning, we said like, there's some updates that we're going to do. And they were like, great is, you know, we just love that someone, another family is going to have it. Um, So we thought, oh, we'll take down like this wood paneling. You know, it's like that that thin wood paneling on the walls and we'll take down the drop ceilings and it should be like mostly aesthetic. We knew that the kitchen was going to be like a full cut. But other than that, we really had no idea what we were doing. Um, (laughs) And, and so when we started, you know, it was, uh, we had the last rental in October. Um, That year was October 22nd last year. And they, they checked out at 10 a.m. We were waiting there. And so we started with like, you know, brought our stuff to start taking down the, the, the paneling. And the and as soon as we started, we're like, oh, this is not what we thought. Mm-hmm. Like it would, had lots of secrets under there. And so it got real very fast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like we had, you know, we're both kind of type A people. So we had like a project plan and an Excel sheet and we're like, okay, these, this is the order of which we're doing these things. And this is like, just to give you an idea of how naive we were. So we knew we were going to be mostly like focused on the kitchen. Cause that was that like literally had not been touched. Yeah. Um, and so <laughs> I had been working mm-hmm. on designing a kitchen and I had ordered everything like the cabinets, like, you know, all of it to, so that we started on a Saturday and I had it del- scheduled to be delivered on the Monday. <laughs> <laughs> like I thought we might actually demo, put up new drywall, like do all of that in, in like 48 hours. <laughs> yeah. And as soon as it was, you know, we got the thing on the next day, like just a reminder, your cabinets are being delivered tomorrow. And I'm like, Oh my God. We we had no idea. So the whole seven months we were like shifting boxes of cabinet tree around the house, like depending on where we were working. Yeah. Um, wow. We, we, for example, we took down the, the drop ceiling, um, you know, in the, in the living room and there was like three more layers of ceiling above oh, that. No. And so we started like ripping it all down and then we realized that the joists are two by fours and, you know, and so it, it was, it was, um, instead of modern houses where they're two by twelves and can support more, it's a smaller, you know, cottage, but, uh, they were, they were bowed from just, you know, not proper support. And so we had to, you know, Google, um, how to, uh, you know, fix bowed <laughs> ceiling joists. And so, <laughs> you know, YouTube was our guide, uh, for a lot of it. And I've done a lot of handy stuff in the past. So, 
I was just like, nothing, nothing to this. Nothing like that though. So yeah. I was like, okay, <laughs> let's figure it out. And, you know, built temporary walls, use car jacks. And we did, you know, we did, we got some advice from, um, professionals. We had to do, there was right. a lot of electric, like all the electrical was knob and tube. We hired people to do the electrical because they had to rewire the entire house. Yeah. And so there was definitely areas where we had professionals step in where we felt like, Oh, this is probably above our pay grade. Um, but but you, you did know, a lot of it yourself. Yeah. We did yeah. probably 95% yeah. of it ourselves. Wow. Um, and, and people, you know, were like, wow, that's, you know, that's amazing how, you know, you, you went there every weekend and like did it all yourself. And for us, it's like, well, we've invested, you know, so much into this house. Yeah. We had no idea of what the revenue would be like, or, yeah. you know, I, I was very concerned because I wouldn't really book a vacation, a summer vacation two months out. Um, from the actual day I'd be gone. I thought it's usually like a year out or like yeah. six months at least. And so we passed December timeline. Uh, you we know, thought we would be done by January. Yeah. And and, <laughs> and, and, and we turns out we got done in April. So, you know, <laughs> standing there by myself on New Year's Eve, just like taking down, just sending in a house with like no ceiling or, or walls. Yeah. It's like, this is, this is going to be, this is going to be rough. So we couldn't, we couldn't really hire anyone either because it was, you know, we didn't know if we'd be getting revenue back. So we yeah. couldn't really afford to dump yeah. more money into Just it. Just to be yeah. like really candid. Cause I know like there's most of your audience is for people like us, like yeah. that are either in the industry or trying to get into it. And like, we will not sugarcoat this at all. It was really stressful because we had spent so much money on the house yeah. and we had budgeted like 40,000 for the renovation. And you know, the old adage of like double the time, double the money. It's like 100% <laughs> true it. It. Um, yeah. at a minimum. And so it became like, well, people would say, well, just hire people, like just hire someone. It's like, we, that has way surpassed like the amount of money that we had planned to spend. And so um, we did hire when we needed to, like if, you know, wasn't, we weren't qualified to do it. Um, but anything that we could do ourselves, we took on. And, and one of the other things too, we couldn't put the we couldn't put it up on Airbnb, for example, or on website because we had no pictures of the house. Yeah, there yeah. it was, it was, it was in shambles. So <laughs> and the old house wouldn't have helped us if no. we put those pictures up, of course. Yeah, that would that would not be representative. So you we see, thought like maybe we'll do some three D design, but then I was like, I, I don't know. You know, yeah. we, we decided against it because it, I don't know. Would someone book it in just a three D design house without actual <laughs> photos? I don't know. Yeah, maybe, yes, yeah. maybe no, but. We didn't want to risk it for our initial launch, so. So yeah, you guys couldn't even get a sense for what demand might might look like at, at all, all until had, it was done. Yeah, I mean, we um we had come up, we had worked on a pro forma, obviously. Bef well, maybe not obviously, um, but we had done that like before we bought the house. Um, I had you know I had used AirDNA and I we tried to figure out like okay, is this a good investment? Yeah. Um. And so we had an idea, and we know the area, which helps. And so we had an idea of like what we thought best case scenario was like, okay, we, we think we'll be able to get about this much. And so that's kind of how we tried to plan, but it was important to us, very important to me because I had listened to podcasts like yours and other podcasts that I knew how important it was to have a very well-designed space yeah. and really thoughtful about what decisions we made there, which cost money, you know, like yeah. good design is not free. And so, and you know, there was times for sure where Jake's like, 
do we really need those chairs? <laughs> like do wallpaper, like more wallpaper, like wallpaper is expensive, <laughs> you know, but it was like, I really think it's going to pay itself back by, you know, creating a place where people will see it online, want to yeah. come visit. And that and, and definitely I, proved and, to be true. And I argued a lot because <laughs> I'm like, wallpaper, I'm adding up the days of how long that's going to take mm-hmm. or yeah. like other lights that we have to swap out because they don't look as good. I'm just adding on the days and like thinking no one's going to book this late, but I was totally wrong. So yeah. um, well, and, and yeah. what's so, what's so like hard, right. Is as I would imagine you guys, Pour your your blood, sweat, and, and probably literal tears at, at times literal into, into this and literal space. blood, <laughs> literal blood into this space, and yet like to the the user, the average user, the average perspective guest, when you're scrolling through Airbnb, they're just looking at the photos. They don't know the story behind the photos. Mm-hmm. They don't know that you you know Jake spent New Year's Eve trying to you know put up a freaking ceiling. Like they're just judge. They are judging you based off of whether or not they think the wallpaper is cool, right? Like, like literally, like people are making those those decisions in milliseconds as they as they swipe through mm-hmm. your your photo library. And so it's just it's just so hard because it's like you know on the one hand you've poured so much money into this, you've poured so much time into this, and and yet those seemingly like luxuries right like the luxurious like cosmetic layer uh, of the home mm-hmm. seems like a nice to have not a need to have and yet mm-hmm. with what you guys were trying to do right is this is i mean this is a business right yeah though those kind of are the need to haves right because yeah, again exactly. the, the, i don't like now that i know that your story i might be a little bit more forgiving of the place but if you did put up those initial photos Lord knows I'm scrolling right past that listing, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, it's it's just funny how, how all this works. So so tell me about so you guys get it. You're done around like April, you said, and then you you April. open up you you open up uh, bookings. You get photos quickly, and then you're just crossing your fingers and praying that people book for that summer. So so yeah. what's the story there? Like talk to us about launch. Yeah. So we yeah. So we I had had the photographer um, lined up as soon as humanly possible from when we thought like, okay, we could, you know, maybe like this isn't exactly done, but we, maybe we just don't take a photo of like that angle of like where we need to still like fix the trim right there. But (laughs) um, we'll look at, you know, this side. Um, So we definitely got a little bit creative when we first launched because we just knew like we have to do this or we're going to miss the window of people like coming to the beach. Um, And so Yeah. I mean, honestly, I don't know if we can take a ton of credit for like having some master plan. I mean, we started the Instagram when we started renovating. Uh, Well, actually we started it when we bought the house and then we, we closed in July, but it was booked through October already. So we started renovating in in October. Yeah. Um, Booked, booked from previous guests. Yeah. yeah. Previous owners. Yeah. Previous owners. Yeah. Um, And so we, I think that was part of it. I think um, having some sort of like presence online. Um, but I will say most people, at least initially, did not come from Instagram. They yeah. were, they just came from Airbnb. Um, we did not launch with a direct booking site because yeah. we honestly, we were just like hurrying up. Yeah. And yeah. we had, yeah. I think we had a website, but it said like coming soon. Um, yeah. And so we just tr- honestly, I wish I could say this was like some master plan, but I think I just tried to like take into account what the advice I got from, you know, guests that you've had on and from um, the other big podcast that I listened to is thanks for visiting, which is like really great 
practical advice for how to run a business and how to have great hospitality. Um, and so I did, you know, I don't know. I mean, honestly, the only thing that we could really point to because we had no reviews, we were brand new on Airbnb. Um, no one knew us. Like now our guests love our hospitality. And so they come back, but yeah, when we launched, no one knew anything about us other than the photos. And so I will say, I think design was a huge part of our success at the beginning. Um, and you know, like you said, people are scrolling through, especially in a vacation area, there's so many to choose from. Um, I think that was what really set us apart, especially in that area, because, um, there are a lot of, there's tons to choose from, but I think we are probably near the beginning of sort of this new revolution of hosting, I would say, where there's a lot of emphasis put on design and hospitality and, you know, being a great host versus, you know, it's the same beach house that hasn't been updated for 50 years (laughs) that people are still going to rent, you know? Yeah. So, so another thing too, I think, you know, I, I'm, I'm in the work in the startup world. And so it's all about differentiation, product differentiation and product, yeah. product, product fit. And when you look at the current market of Cape May, it's very old school. They're, mm. they're kind of dominated by, by property managers who have been there for a hundred years. And you yeah. go, you can't even see the availability on the website. You can see like two photos and you have to call them and figure <laughs> out who's renting the house or like get more details on it. You go there, they give you a physical key. And, and that's basically your, you know, the, 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 uh, the gatekeepers down there. Yeah. Uh, and not many people use Airbnb. So the data on Airbnb was quite limited for us as well. So we had only a few comps to go with in the entire area. So one, not going that route, or at least doing doing both, but not really relying on them, I think really helped us and and trying something new. And then and then as Leslie said, the design in those houses are you know for the most part kind of dilapidated, yeah. um, you know, and, and there's beautiful houses there. Let me you know, and the interiors are great on on many of those, but a lot of the ones that are there, you know, they're 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 they're, they're they don't view hosting as kind of a livelihood or something. Yeah. It's just kind of a, we have a beach house and when we're not using it, we hand the keys to property manager and yep. they do it. And that's totally fine for them. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, that's just not, you know, our target audience we knew was not the kind of people that would, 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 you know, want to say it and, and exp- have that kind of experience without that kind of white glove experience that we, that we aim to, to, yeah. to do. Well, I mean, you, I think you're touching on a couple of things that are that are really important, and that I've I've you know noticed and experienced as well. Is like I think about you know I, I'm in D.C. and everyone in D.C. or a lot of people in D.C. go to the Outer Banks, like that's where yep. people go for like the holidays and for you know the beach um, and, and whatnot. And you look at like like there there is very very limited inventory on Airbnb for the Outer Banks, and the Outer Banks has regulations. They've got the you know property managers that that have that that literally like own the banks like they loan they own the outer banks right and it's impossible to break in and i've stayed at many many a home in in the outer banks and i think they're probably very similar to these cape may homes that you're talking about like they're fine you know the location is great you can see the ocean it's you know it's really pretty it's like a big massive house but it's not like designed particularly well like there there is no hospitality like yeah. you know at, at all mm-hmm. and and so it's funny as like a strategy for some folks is thinking through like hey how do you actually get into a very competitive market but just do what you guys did which is 
just have a different product offering, quite frankly. Like, it, is, right. it is a totally different offering. Yeah. And you are on Airbnb and like that's how people are going to find you. And, and, the, and the type of guest, like I have never booked one of these vacation rentals because I don't even like, I don't like talking to people on the phone. So I've never, I've never, I've never like <laughs> exactly, called the book. Right. So if it's not on Airbnb, I'm not booking it. Right. And, and yeah, yeah that's so, 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 you know, you guys are also catering to this like next generation of traveler who yeah. is much more comfortable and actually prefers to book through, you know, an OTA like, like Airbnb. And so I think, I think that, that as a strategy, as a business strategy actually makes loads of sense. And then, and then there's this other, you know, dynamic that I think was, was true in your story, which is you guys, launched late right like you launched in the springtime you only had a couple of months before summer but like there's a lot of travelers that kind of like all of a sudden do want a you know vacation at the beach and they missed out on the six to 12 months you know uh of inventory that they had before so they're looking for something relatively last minute oh and it happens to be this beautifully designed place yes we're booking right like it, you got you guys in, in in a sense right got really lucky with the fact that you opened up at a time when maybe most of the inventory was already gone and you had mm -hmm. this brand new place with, you know, a, a season's worth of availability. Yeah. I, we, we would joke like, well, maybe though, maybe it's good because everything else is booked. And so people will need <laughs> ours, you know, it, it was like very much, I mean, we thought we had a plan and we executed on the plan. It was beautiful. We knew when we were done, we were like, this is actually better than we, than we, thought you know yeah um and and it was like i joke that jake is like extremely patient with me because like he said like as we were nearing the end and i'm like wait we still need to put up like a sconce on every bunk bed because they need to each have you know this cute sconce that will match and he's like we don't have electrical for that like you know it was like so many complications but I was like, was no I really think it's going to make a difference. Like, this is going to look great in the photos. <laughs> kids are going to love it. If kids are happy, parents are happy. And, like, we knew that we, you know, our avatar, like, our our target audience was basically us. Like, people, yeah. like, younger family that was coming with kids that would love a bunk room, you yeah. know, that don't need a massive house that they, they need multiple families to be able to rent it or afford it. Yeah. Um, appreciate being close to the water because then they can take their kid back for nap time and whatnot. Yeah. Um, you know, all the stuff that we thought we, what was also very important mm -hmm. to us is like, we don't want to have a place that we wouldn't want to stay in. Like we want to represent the kind of quality and like service that we want. And so that was kind of like our, like our North star, like, yeah. what are we, what do we expect and I'm, you know, I will say like, I have a pretty high expectation. And so I would say like, if I'm not, if I didn't, wouldn't want that, like, I'm not going to give it to someone else. And so I think that has also, you know, helped in, in the journey since we launched. But in terms of the launch, I think we got lucky. I think we, get, we hit an audience that still wanted and needed a place. We did, you know, I, there was a couple things that I did that did help. Um, I posted on some local Facebook mom groups mm. <laughs> um, because like I said, I knew that I was basically the person I was catering to. Yeah. And so um, that really helped. Um, and that was actually the reason why we, we sped up doing direct bookings because we started getting messages from people saying, can I book direct with you? Because people I think are getting more and more used to the fact that they could save a lot of money. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so um, that was a big one. And then, um, design, I'm part of some design groups and I also posted it there. 
Um, and we got a lot, of, a lot of bookings from that. And so, yeah. And like, it was kind of rapid fire. I mean, it was a whirlwind and it was a big relief because like we said, we were really nervous, but, um, yeah. in in 11 days we had booked from May 5th to, uh, October 22nd. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That is so amazing. <laughs> that is so impressive and probably just like so validating for you both. For, oh, like, yeah. Whoa. Yeah. All right. It was worth it. Like, yeah. We're like, we didn't probably like, mess this up. Well, yeah. we, I also was like, well, they could still cancel. You know, yeah. you know like, he was very skeptical. We, we can't yeah. count that as revenue. Just yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. But thankfully, we didn't have anyone cancel. We had did one we? one cancel, oh, one but cancel? we were able okay. to rebook it. Right. Yeah, so. Okay. Yeah. Last minute cancellations suck, and that's why we built Ping. Ping makes it easy for guests to be notified when their favorite Airbnbs become available. Ping is a simple widget that lives on your website or your direct booking site and allows your fans and followers to sign up and be notified if their preferred dates become available. Here's how it works. Jimmy sees that you're booked the whole month of October, but he wants to be notified if any three-night window in the month becomes available. Jen is a returning guest and she wants to be notified if any week in June, July, or August becomes available. In a matter of seconds, Jimmy and Jen fill out the simple form and they will be pinged if the requested dates become available. And as a host, you will immediately get pinged via email with Jimmy and Jen's contact information and requested dates, which enables you to build up your own database of guest email addresses. Ping is what the best Airbnb hosts use to maximize bookings. You can get access to our beta pricing with plans that start at just $39 a year at bnbping.com. Again, that's bnbping.com. You know, what's really funny too about, about the market that you guys are in is I, I feel like this, this, you, you were touching on it, uh, just a second ago, Leslie, there's like this, um, when you, when you think about like the beach house, right. You, 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 you really think about historically anyways, it's, it's all about like the location, uh, and, and everything else is like, you know, secondary. Right. And I think that there is this, like, there's this new phenomenon happening where it's like, yeah, like location is great, but at the same time, you know, people are starting to expect that if I'm going to go and I'm going to travel and I'm going to stay in a home, I want it to feel nicer than my home. Right. Mm -hmm. Like in, in a sense. And, and that, and that is like a relatively new concept. Like, like we, when we think about when my, my family growing up, when we were thought about like going to the beach, there was always this understanding that like the mattress was going to suck. It was going to be like, you know, like the, the you, you, you might like get a splinter, like walking around, you know, on the deck. Like there, there are these things that we just associate with like the beach house. Mm -hmm. And yet people like you guys are, are creating this, this new product, this, this new category, quite frankly. And I think that, that long-term long that that's, that's the strategy that's going to work. Like that's, that's what's going to win, especially when there aren't massive, you know, uh, price differences in what, in you know, it, because this is like a very like hot like travel destination in and of itself, I, I think that this is a a brilliant strategy. Um, and your your design is phenomenal. Like I remember as you, I think during the process shared some photos with me. It's just it's very beautiful. It's not what you would expect a beach house to to be like. It's just it's very 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 thoughtful. Um, and so so kudos to you guys on on that. I, I want to hear a little bit about like now that we're I guess you know over uh, just about like a year in and not even, I guess a year, you've been open for like nine months. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so, so what are, what are some reflections? Like what, what has from, from a business standpoint, what's gone better than, than you expected? And, and then maybe what's, what's been a little bit 
harder or, or, or more challenging than you expected? Yeah. Um, I, I, okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, yeah. I think what has far, I mean, in general, this whole thing has far exceeded our expectations in every way. Um, you know, obviously as a business, it has far exceeded our expectations. Um, as like personally, um, I think we got a lot of, a lot from it doing this together, you know, feeling like we kind of had accomplished this thing that was extremely stressful when we did it, but paid off in the end and we yeah. kind of did it together. Um, and then I think as in general, I think the biggest surprise has been how much I love hospitality. I mean, mm. I, I'm kind of an introvert by nature. And so I was most afraid of that, like mm. having to, like, I wondered how I would feel about interacting with guests. I was nervous. I always have loved creating beautiful spaces and like having close friends and doing dinner, you know, an intimate space. But I was, I was nervous. Like I'm talking to a bunch of strangers and will I, you know, will I enjoy that part of it? Or, yeah. you know, um, I, we built the house with the guests in mind. So we were not afraid. I think a lot of people are afraid of like, was, will it feel weird to share our space? We never mm. have felt that way. Cause we knew we were getting into it for this, yeah. but I was nervous about the other aspect and I was so wrong. I have thoroughly enjoyed, like, that's my favorite part, talking to guests and making it special for them. I try to go above and beyond um, by doing like little things for people. I always ask why they're coming and I try to do something special that's, you know, specific to what they've told me or how many, you know, they're coming with three young kids. Maybe I'll do something like, you know, get a gift card for an ice cream place or mini golf or, you yeah. know, like I try to be thoughtful about what they're coming for. And I would say like the amount of fulfillment that I've gotten from the hospitality aspect has surprised me the most, mm. how much I enjoy it and how much I feel like we get back from it. Like as human beings, you know, feeling good about what we've been able to give. And yeah. I think what's unique um, about it's, it's not unique in that it's a vacation market, but not all STRs are in vacation markets yeah. um, is like feeling like we played a small part in people's memories. Mm. Um, you know, people are coming for a vacation and so they're coming with their, a group or their, their parents with kids and to, you know, the, the, the pictures and the text messages and obviously the reviews and the guest book, you know, just knowing that like we paid just like a little small part in yeah. that lifelong memory for those people, you know, it has been like really rewarding. Yeah. Would you, would you add anything to that, Jake? Um, I guess that I wouldn't add anything to the, um, the surprise or the, the positive surprise, I guess the, the, the thing that I didn't really consider on more on the, the, the negative side, which is really just, uh, you know, I, I thought I could do like all the bookkeeping myself and like, I'm not, mm. a, I'm not an accountant, but I'm, I'm yeah. good with numbers and finance, but you have to know, like, you know, us generally accepted accounting principles and, and all these things. And, I, and I'm like, I'm spending my time, you know, figuring out uh, how to classify all these different transactions. And it's not just revenue. It's also the stuffed animals for, you know, kids that are coming. You're like, taxes and, you know, getting different screws at, at Home Depot or the local harvest or whatever. And, and so, um, so the, it's been kind of messy on that side. Yeah. So just some practical advice. I've used Upwork a lot. Um, mm. I, I've no, you know, investment in them or anything, mm -hmm. but, um, 
the ability to get some outsourced people generally overseas for far cheaper than yeah. hiring like a U.S. based accountant is is just uh, is really is really helpful. So we've got someone who's cleaning up our books right now and, and just making sure all the classifications are are in order. And so as we go into uh, you know tax filing season here, it's it's uh, it's it's a good thing. But we didn't really think about it right before we did it. So just wanted to you know share think about that stuff ahead of time. So yeah. you, you also understand your your financials, your actuals, and then how you can project forward with that. And you just can't do that if you don't have it, you know, classified in the right way. And um, I think we, you know, we uh, you know, obviously we're rookies at this. And so we, we thought we can do this part. And like, you know, we, we did our best to learn about the business side. And like he said, he's comes from a finance background, but you know, running an operations for short-term rental is totally different than every other industry. Yeah. And it's even different than long-term rentals. Yeah. And so, you know, everything was different. And we also just like candidly, we put our own money into this, like all of our own yeah. personal money. Yeah. And so that's messy. <laughs> and yeah. so, you yeah, know, yeah. it became once, once we started like really trying to hone in on the business, cause we are planning on continuing to grow the business. It, it's messy to be like, okay, this was our own personal money. And then we got a business card and then, you know, how are, how are we classifying these things? Because when you do taxes, it has to be, it's different if you're a short-term rental. Um, so yeah, that's like, you know, it's been, it was a whirlwind to get off the ground. And I think some of those, the business, like really honing in on the business part is what we're trying to focus on now. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think so many folks who are listening to this conversation are, are right there with you, right? They they had a vision, they've executed that vision, they have you know their first few, you know, one, two, three, four, whatever it is, like you know, units. They've done something special, they've done something unique, and now they're sort of like in that <laughs> asking themselves this, these same questions of, okay, I like this, I figured it out, I've learned some things. If I want to professionalize here, like. Oh, how do I start doing that? So I think that these, uh, these, these learnings, these, the, the, you know, these little pieces of advice are, are super helpful. Speaking of growth, uh, as we, as we, you know, get ready to wrap here, what's next? So I, I know that, you know, we can't, we can't talk too much about this, but there's a, a popular streaming service that's maybe interested in featuring you guys and, and, and a story, uh, and your all story, which is incredibly exciting. But, you know, beyond that, what, what are, what are you guys thinking of with respect to growth? Are we, do we want to sit and just kind of like, you know, chill for the next year or two are you guys already thinking about uh, another property like where where are we at um yeah so yeah so we are um we have been talking to a uh network about possibly um doing being part of a show which is like like when i said it's been a whirlwind uh it's been a whirlwind so <laughs> they yeah they reached out to us which was also just super surprising and exciting um so hope, we'll see about that um, you know, we definitely are, we came into this with the idea that, you know, if we love it, we'll keep doing it. If we hate it, we'll have a beach house. <laughs> and so, um, so, um, we love it. And so we are definitely looking to see what's next. Um, we do want to keep expanding in like, um, owning and hosting. Um, so we're gonna, we're trying to see what property we might buy next. And we'll, we'll probably stay in this same, um, for the next one, at least same area, um, yeah. maybe the same kind of, you know, put a little sweat equity into it. Maybe not quite so much sweat equity, <laughs> um, as last time, um, at least we'll go into it with eyes wide open this time. Last time we kind of were, um, we naive. were, yeah, we were yeah. naive, but, uh, this time we'll be like, Hmm, we see a drop ceiling. I wonder what that means. Mm -hmm. Um, <laughs> but, uh, 
Yeah. And that, you know, this other, another part that's been surprising and exciting is um, because of the design, I actually would have been reached out to quite a bit um, from other people asking me to do design, um, wow. which was totally unexpected. Not at all what we thought would happen. Totally took us by surprise. Um, so yeah, so I'm actually doing design now. I'm, I have a few clients, um, including another, um, another short-term rental, um, that's launching actually in, um, Hocking Hills, Ohio. Um, yeah. So it's been, it's been really exciting. We were just featured in a interior design publication. And so it feels like, um, we have some exciting momentum that we're hoping to keep going and, um, I guess we'll just figure it out as we go. We have some learnings and (laughs) is the, is the hope to be able to, for one or both of you to like leave day jobs and, and do this full time? Like, are, are we entertaining those, you know, ideas? Does, is it too soon for that? Like, it sounds, it sounds like you guys just have a lot going on. I'm like, <laughs> when do you sleep? Like, <laughs> sleep <yeah. laughs> um, it's definitely something I should do more of is sleep. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think that's definitely on the table. I think I've definitely been taken aback by how much I have fallen in love with the industry like all things about it. Um, yeah. I can't, I can't seem to like learn enough. You know, I feel like I'm, I'm constantly learning new things. I hear about other people's stories and I'm like, that's such a cool idea. And I just feel like I have, so, I, I feel like the, you know, we're, we're kind of like at the crux of something really exciting. Well guys, I, I'm just so thankful. You guys have built something truly beautiful and um, it's been, it's been so fun to just hear a little bit about your story along the way and to hear a little bit more of it now. So thank you both for taking the time um, to, to sit down and, and share a little bit of your story. For those who are tuning in, I'll be sure to have Jake and Leslie's uh, Instagram handle in the show notes below, as well as a link to their website and a link to their Airbnb listing. So you can check out and uh, you know, book a stay at the lighthouse cottage. Uh, if, if you can find some availability, cause it sounds like they're, uh, they're pretty booked out, but, um, but guys, thank you so much for, for making the time. It's been a pleasure to have you. No, thank you, Zach. I really appreciate it. It's been, it's been really exciting to be able to be on your podcast because I think I've listened to every single episode. Um, so thank you so much for having us. Thanks for having us, Zach. Really appreciate it. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Behind the Stays. I'd love to know what you thought of the episode. Feel free to shoot me an email directly at Zach, that's Z-A-C-H, at spontaneous.com, or find me on X, formerly Twitter, at ZBoozy, that's Z-B-O-O-Z-E-E, or on LinkedIn at Zach Cruz. If this is your first time tuning in, it's a pleasure to have you, and we hope to have you back again soon. If you've been a listener for a while, though, I'd greatly appreciate if you could subscribe and then leave us a rating and review of the show wherever you are currently streaming this podcast. Last but certainly not least, Spontaneous and Behind the Stays are totally bootstrapped, and my ability to bring you these stories is only possible because of our incredible advertising partners. We're very much a startup show, and while our growth rate is amazing, thanks to all you who keep tuning in and sharing our show with your friends and family, we haven't quote-unquote made it yet. So if you could do me a huge favor and go and check out the sponsor for today's episode in the show notes below, I would greatly appreciate it. Even if their offering doesn't make sense for you right now, sending them a quick message on social or an email, just saying that you're listening to the show and you appreciate their support would be incredibly amazing. All right, friends, thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your day and we will see you on the next episode of Behind the Stays.